What's up, guys? It's Brittany, and welcome to One Hot Mess. So, today we are going to continue reading Don't Fucking Panic, and we are on the chapter called Therapist. Okay, so here we go. Therapy is the greatest gift you can give yourself. I am a firm believer that everyone should go to therapy. I don't care who you are. Oprah, Joe Schmo, or a therapist yourself. Therapists do have therapists quite often. Having a therapist is like having a cheat code for life. I've seen close to 30 therapists in my 30 years of life all for varying reasons, roadblocks, rough parts of life. Knowing therapy is a privilege. I made sure to do my research and find a therapist who specializes in my issues. Therapists are like doctors. Some are doctors in that they study and have experiences in certain specialties of mental health. Finding the right therapist can take time. It's kind of like dating. Don't get discouraged if the first meeting is an awkward flop as you make weird eye contact from across the room, stepping on each other's sentences. My best advice is that if you don't vibe with the person on the first appointment, don't waste your time and money. The same way I hope you would feel confident leaving a first date because we are not wasting our time with people who don't immediately recognize our fabulousness. You should feel that similar confidence after meeting a therapist for the first time. And hey, not everyone you see is someone that you're going to click with, and it's okay to break up with a therapist. In fact, they get broken up with every day. I used to lie to my therapist and tell them I could no longer afford treatment or that my insurance had changed rather than being straight up with them. I've had a therapist fall asleep on me, a therapist who was way younger than me, a therapist who was such a dick. And his advice was too straightforward. A sex therapist will make sure you feel that you have the... No, no, no. So sorry. A sex therapist, a chronic pain therapist, and most recently a couples therapist. A good therapist will make sure you feel that you have the right resources to find someone that you connect with. A better match if you don't think you are clicking. And you will feel it. You'll have to trust your gut and ask yourself if you really feel comfortable with this person knowing everything about you and if their listening skills match your communication style. Some therapists will tell you that they are just a bouncing board, a third-party opinion to your life, and some therapists will straight up tell you what to do. I've even had a therapist help me write out a script for a difficult conversation I needed to have with a boss. It's okay to take a break from therapy, and it's okay to hate it at first. It's okay to go twice a week or even twice a year. The best part about therapy is there really is no one way to do it. 
Some insurance plans have apps where you type in your insurance plan and it will list the therapists in your area that are covered under your plan. Additionally, Psychology Today is a great resource for research on finding the right match for you. However, note that if you are using your insurance to cover therapy appointments, your insurance company will have insight into your diagnosis and treatment. This could cause your insurance premiums to rise in the future because of a pre-existing condition. I'm sorry I can't explain all the fuckery with insurance and mental health in this one workbook. It causes me great stress. Isn't that ironic? But know that if you don't have insurance, there are affordable online video chats and even free volunteer-based websites like Seven Cups of Tea. There's even a chance that you will outgrow your therapist, and that's to be expected if you're in a transitional period of your life. So don't feel bad if you have multiple therapists over your lifetime. In fact, I encourage it. Lastly, you guys, there's no reason you should be paying money to lie to your therapist or not to tell them the whole truth. You're just cheating yourself then. Find someone who you feel comfortable telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth too. And then there are some questions, and they are, have you ever tried therapy? What does your ideal relationship with a therapist look like? What are you most worried about sharing with a therapist? What are you afraid that they will feel, or how do you fear they will react to you sharing your feelings? And how much are you willing to budget for therapy per month? Trigger warning. Just stay. When things are at their absolute worst and shit is just all sorts of fucked up, know that there is strength in numbers. That there is at least one person that feels at their rock bottom too. You are not alone. When you can't get out of bed or even call for help, know that you don't have to do anything. Just stay. That's all you have to do. Stay. And if today all you could do was stay, then I am proud of you. Okay, the next little chapter is titled Suicide and Suicidal Ideation. There was a depressive state that I was in after a breakup when I wanted to kill myself. I didn't want to die, necessarily. I just wanted to close my eyes and not feel anything, specifically heartbreak, any longer. That's pretty common with suicidal thoughts. It's not you that you want to end. It's a feeling inside of you that you want gone. I get angry thinking back on the girl who tried to take her own life that night. How, how selfish it was to go that far into my state of spiral that I would leave so many people I love behind. People that love me, but I wasn't thinking about anyone else. I was in tunnel vision of self-loathing. I had this breakup I was dealing with. I had just lost an acting role that might have propelled my name into stardom. I was fostering kittens at the time, and one of them passed due to a fading kitten syndrome disease. 
didn't know that was a thing. I was hungover all the time. I wasn't treating my body right, and I just wanted to stop feeling this intense sense of loss and grief. I had thoughts of suicide and taken my own life many times before this heartbreak. So I was just thinking about or planning. It's not the actual physical act. I'm not sure that what I did would be considered a real attempt, whatever that means by societal standards. I just wanted to see what it felt like if I hung a belt from my shower curtain and put my head through it. That's all. I was crying numb and stood on the edge of my tub. I remember my bathroom becoming blurry because of the tears in my eyes, and I liked that I couldn't see anymore. I didn't want to see the life I had in front of me anymore. My bathroom was this awful, off yellow color that was so distasteful. I felt like I could smell it at times. I let my head hang in the belt slowly at first, but then tilting my toes over the edge just slightly so the belt tightened. I inched back and forth, just getting used to the feeling when my shower rod came crashing down. Was it a sign? Eh, probably not. I was just trying to hang my body weight from a belt and plastic shower tension rod. I don't think I would have really done it, but I honestly can't say with 100% certainty that I wouldn't have either. I hit the floor and cried a lot more. I grabbed my cell phone and called the suicide hotline. I was too embarrassed, fucked up, and ashamed to phone a friend. I felt as though I had already used up my phone of friend calls during the breakup and that no one wanted to deal with another middle-of-the-night heartbreak call from me. The phone only rang a few times. The woman on the other end asked if I had attempted to kill myself. I told her that I didn't, even though I wasn't really sure. She said she could send an ambulance to me. I begged her not to. Instead, she sat on the phone with me all night, just listening and talking long enough to get me out of the thickness of the feelings of crisis. She was totally non-judgmental and empathetic. I can remember exactly what her voice sounded like. She sounded older, maybe in her 50s. I could picture what she looked like. I wonder why she worked there. I wondered if she was a volunteer or if she was a trained professional. Had someone in her life died by suicide? Does she devote her time to helping people like me so a loved one of mine didn't end up working as a suicide hotline volunteer too? I finally fell asleep. I don't remember what she said or even her name, just the sound and the tone she used with me, like a friend, not a doctor or authority figure. I just remember waking up incredibly hungover with a phone pressed to my cheek that was hot as a potato. I threw the phone across my bed and rolled back over to sleep. I was so ashamed and embarrassed. I felt so gross about what I had done. I was so disgusted with myself that the thoughts started to creep back up. I didn't like this sour feeling in my stomach that I'd live on my own knowing that I'd contemplated suicide. I found the grief coming back as a wave. I didn't want to get out of bed, but maybe I could hang my shower curtain back up. Yes, maybe I'll 
get up to pee and see how it holds. Then lying there in my bed, feeling like a shell of a negative space wasting my life, I felt a buzz in my sheets. It was a text from my sister, and I believe this text saved my life. Hey Kelsey, mom told me about all this shitty stuff happening in your life right now. I'm sorry. Whatever you do, don't go into a tizzy and drink your ass off and get depressed. This is all a part of life, I promise. Do you know how long I looked for a job when I wasn't teaching anymore and I didn't want to be a receptionist anymore? A long time. I finally got a job at OT after two months of looking. God is watching over you and he's giggling because you have no idea the amazing things he has in store for you. Maybe if you would have gotten that part on the show, you would have died in a tragic accident from the big light falling on your head, or maybe somebody would be carrying a huge sharp object and trip and fall and impale your liver. You never know what the universe has in store for you. Don't get your hopes up. Keep trying. Don't let this bring you down. I'm here for you whenever you want to. I know you don't like feel I know you don't feel like talking right now. Let me know how you are and if you're okay. Hugs. So just for that day, I decided to stay. And then I stayed another day and another. And then I smiled again. And then I stayed another day. And I finally went for a walk and stayed some more to meet friends for dinner. And time passed and I stayed And I shudder to think about what would have happened if I chose not to stay, how I would have missed out on getting my dream job only three months later, then getting to travel the world because of it. I would have missed the trip to Europe to celebrate my mom's 60th birthday, eating dinner in the Eiffel Tower in Barcelona, and drove a Vespa on the highways by accident. I never would have seen my dad kick cancer's ass and how I never would have started a podcast and grew a fan base and touched people's lives and helped others through states of depression. I never would have gotten a job on a different TV show and wrote a fucking book about all of it. If I hadn't stayed, I would have never gotten to feel what it feels like to have time stop when you meet the love of your life. That feeling I felt that night, that I put my darkest thoughts into action, the lowest I'd ever felt, was replaced easily by thousands of other good and true and real feelings of happiness that came only because I chose to stay. You have survived everything you thought would kill you before. This time is no different. You've got this. Stay. If you are on this page and you find yourself still struggling, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Wow, a reminder, emotions and urges to have, emotions and urges have a natural arc of intensity. They typically last 15 to 25 minutes and can feel the most intense from 7 to 10 minutes. During this time, the feelings will feel like they are going to last forever. We can't see an end and, of course, would do anything to stop feeling this way. Try setting a timer and notice how the intensity of emotions changes over this time period. 
breathe, distract yourself, call a friend, stay. The aftershock, even after the initial wave of intense emotion, the ground might feel a little shaky or the intensity might pop up again. Keep taking time for yourself until you are you again, even if it takes longer than expected. What are some of the self-care activities you can do that make you feel like you? Get specific and detailed. What are the kinds of activities or people or shows that make you happy? Why? What are your favorite thoughts that pop up about these things? Only you can heal yourself no matter who caused the pain. You have to heal for you. We are all going to die. We don't get much say over how or when, but we do get to decide how we're going to live. So do it. Decide. Is this the life you want to live? Is this the person you want to love? Is this the best you can be? Can you be stronger, kinder, more compassionate? Decide. Breathe in, breathe out, and decide. And then there is a 10-10-10 exercise, and it says, This exercise is intended to root up some good feels in recognizing your desires for life, what makes you tick, and what beautiful shit you've already built for yourself. Desires. Write 10 things you desire most in life. It can be physical mental, or a mixture of both. Don't feel bad about writing down material items or pie-in-the-sky desires. Things that make you happy right now. What in your life right now makes you happy? And then there's gratitude. Write down 10 things you are most grateful for in this lifetime. Okay, guys, and the next section is life is tough, but so are you. And we will start that section in the next couple of episodes. So, yeah, that's it for now, guys. All right, guys, that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so, so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. If you haven't done this yet, please make sure to hit that follow button. And I will talk to you guys later. Have an amazing, beautiful day. Bye, guys.